So I have been looking up flights to go to Texas. I was just taking a quick little break right now to look at flights um, because actually a couple of podcast guests reached out to me and they are in Austin and they were like, you need to come to Austin, come hang out with us. I was like, oh my God, that would be so much fun. I would love that. Um, it's Texas has been on my list. I don't know why I have never been. Uh, before, I was just looking at flights, and like I said, they weren't that expensive. Um, it's actually more expensive. I mean, obviously, because it's a further distance, but like... I've spent a lot of money on flights to go back east when my mom lived there and I have family that live there. Um, so it was only, I think the last flight I looked at was like 250 for a round trip. I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> so I'm really excited to hopefully make it out to Texas by the end of this year. It's on my list. I literally wrote it down, uh, sp specifically Austin. So if you guys are in Austin, um, send me a DM on Instagram at living let me know where I should stay, what I should do. I've always wanted to go with like my girlfriends, but I'm also like, I might just need to go by myself because planning a trip with like more than two people is <laughs> kind of a headache. And like, this is not to say anything badly about my friends. It's just, I think anyone in general, because you have to be conscientious of other people's schedules. Some people can come a day late or have to leave early than the flights and the accommodations and like all of that. It be can become a bit much. So I would just like to go where I have free reign of my time and where I stay, what I do. I think I would go for probably about a week, week and a half. Um, because yeah, I've never been to Texas. I think it'd be real, 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 real fun. So y'all, <laughs> I'm going to get my country accent. Go I don't have a country accent. I actually have family that's from the South and my grandmother is from the South and she still has, she's been in San Diego for 50 years, still has her country accent. It never goes away. So, yeah, I kind of grew up around it. So, anyway, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> Would you guys like my Ancestry DNA results, too, while we're at it? In the last episode, I talked all about Pinterest marketing and why I think it is one of the best decisions you can make in 2020 to really focus on building a blog and building up your Pinterest account. So if you guys haven't listened to the last episode, I believe it's episode 123, 123, um, definitely go and do that before you listen to this episode. I gave some really good statistics and data on just what the numbers look like for Pinterest and what kind of audience it's really reaching as far as a market. I guess, overview. So definitely go listen to that episode. I think it's probably one of my favorites that I've recorded so far this year, and we're only like three episodes in, so that's not saying much. <laughs> if you guys want to read the blog post about it, I am going to include that in the links down below. So I wrote a blog post about why I like Pinterest marketing in 2020, and I'm also writing a blog post about 
know who you're pinning for. So those two links will be down below. Make sure to go and check them out. If you guys are enjoying any of the podcasts or episodes so far, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're on so that way you get notified when there is a new episode available. And also leave me a little star review, a five star, hopefully, because you love it so much, review on whatever platform you're listening on. And it just helps the podcast so much. I love being able to record these episodes because I do want to provide value. I want to help you on your business, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial. I can't say that word, entrepreneurial. You know, I couldn't spell entrepreneur for like weeks. I had to like practice every day. It's a hard word. I think it's, I think it's French. And yeah, I had to like the P and the U's, I would get them confused. It was like a whole thing. And I was like, how can I call myself an entrepreneur if I can't even spell entrepreneur? And sometimes I can't even pronounce it. Woo. Let's talk about that. But not really. Anyway, I really am just really excited to be creating content around Pinterest this year because I do think that there needs to be a shift of attention away from social media and really start creating content that's evergreen. If you don't know what evergreen content is, you can, one, go listen to last week's episode and I explain what it is, or two, you can Google it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I really feel this strong pull. There's a plane going over. Hello. This strong pull to help people learn about how to build their brand and build their businesses utilizing platforms like Pinterest because it has been the most stable since it came out in 20, 2010, which is it makes it 10 years old this year, which is not that old for a platform that already has over 300 million monthly users. That's crazy. Anyway, let's get into today's episode. Who are you pinning for? And I feel like this is a question that kind of gets overlooked with just in general with Pinterest is who are you pinning for? Who is your customer? Who is your client avatar? Who is your demographic, your ideal customer? I mean, there's so many different ways to like ask that question. Any way you want to put it, you need to know who your audience is because everything you create on Pinterest from pins to boards to blog posts has to be geared towards them. Just like everything that you do in your business should be about providing value to your ideal customer, the same thing applies on Pinterest. And I want to preface this. I love Pinterest for some of the same reasons that everyone else does. I love looking at outfit ideas, recipes, workouts, vision boards, those types of things. I still use Pinterest for those things. However, you 
looking at my Pinterest profile would never know because there is this handy dandy little feature that allows you to create secret boards. So only you or people who you select can see those boards Um, because let's face it, your ideal customer is here to learn something from you that is somehow going to benefit their lives in some way. Not what cheese dip or cheese tray you're bringing to your best friend's boyfriend's sister's wine night. Okay, capiche, You got it. Um, I also want to talk about quickly. If you have two very different businesses, let's say you're a meal prep person and you also write about how to, or you have a course or something about how to write killer copy, Um, chances are you have two very different ideal customers. So not all meal preppers are going to be looking for how to write emails. I would create two separate Pinterest business accounts to keep that content separate. And I wouldn't say this is a super hard or fast rule. You can definitely blend your audience. For example, I had a client who had a gaming and mental health blog, and those are two things that you wouldn't think go together, but she definitely made it work. But if you are going to travel down the route of creating two different Pinterest accounts, please be very diligent about this. It can be a huge undertaking to manage two accounts. So if you can start with one account and build that up, get your pens on Tailwind, and then start up a second account, that would be... I think the most ideal thing because you don't want to burn yourself out or overwhelm yourself with trying to manage two Pinterest accounts. Um, I have talked, I think, at nauseam about this. I think I even did an entire, I did do an entire podcast episode about um, why I don't necessarily think that Pinterest account managers uh, are a great investment unless they're only working on your account or have people that help them because it can get really, really messy and time-consuming to manage two accounts at once. So just be cautious of that. You know, if you guys have any questions about that, you can always ask me, send me an email to info.livingbreedly.com or DM me on Instagram and I'd be happy to help you out that, help you figure out what the best, um, kind of setup is for you if you have two different businesses or two completely different audiences. So when you're thinking about who you're pinning for, you want to think of search terms that your ideal customer would be typing in and what value are they in need of. So I'll use my business as an example for starters and I'll do two other ones after this, but I'm in the online space and my customer is probably going to be looking up things like how to create an online course, entrepreneurial tips, productivity tips how to start a podcast, how to build an email list, blogging ideas, or blogging for beginners. Those would just be some of those search terms. And if you look at my Pinterest profile, you will see that I have exactly those boards on my Pinterest profile because those are things that I know my ideal customer is really looking for. Um, If you're a yoga teacher, 
some search terms folks might be looking up would be yoga for beginners, at-home yoga, morning yoga practice, yoga inspiration. So I would suggest making blogs and making pins surrounding those exact words or those themes. If you are a meal prep cook, some terms people would be looking up would be like easy lunch ideas, quick breakfast, meal prep for beginners, meal prep for the week, meal prep ideas, things of that nature. I think you get it. But all of those terms that I just gave you are great keywords to include in your pins and your pin descriptions. And if you need help finding your keywords, I've got a really great PDF for you. It's free. It's going to be the link will be in the episode description. So just go ahead and click that and I will send it over to you. Um, The PDF has images that literally walk you through step by step on how to find keywords for your specific niche and where to put those keywords. Um, Keywords on Pinterest are not as complicated and scary as SEO. The biggest thing is, is Pinterest is is a search engine. So you definitely want to make sure that your content is searchable for your ideal. So your entire goal is to think of terms that when your ideal customer is searching, you're the one showing up. You're the one feeding them value. You're the one nourishing the questions that they have and answering them to the best of your ability. And a quick note on an ideal customer or client or demo, uh, I always think it's it's kind of funny because a lot of times we place it as a very black and white issue that like, okay, I only work with women, so I'm only going to work with men. It doesn't mean that you're not going to work with anyone else. You may have some variance in who you're serving. So don't become too strict with who your ideal customer is, but you definitely want to have some idea. I know it kind of like I think there's a black, it's like I was saying, it's either black or white, but I think the best place to sometimes dwell is in that gray area. And I can give you an example. So my ideal customer is a female entrepreneur. She's driven, she's focused on serving people. She either already has a service or product or she's in the process of making one or thinking about making one, doesn't know where to start. She's struggling to get sales and leads on Facebook or Instagram or both. She has a website or a blog already, but isn't sure how to utilize it to actually help her business. The funny thing is, is I actually worked with and connected with more male clients last year. So the the demographics, I'm going to give you a little bit of an insight here. So 60% of the Let's Get Into It podcast listeners, like the show you're listening to right now, are men. 50% of my demo on Instagram is male. 40% of my email subscribers are men, but 80% of my blog readers are women. So there can be, again, a variant in your ideal customer, and that's okay. It's totally fine. But the more you learn to niche down, the more you're going to get a target. You're going to target that ideal client. But when I ask the question, who are you pinning for, I want you to really think, and it can help if you have talked to maybe 
um, one of your clients or you have a friend or family member that you're like, this is the product or this is the service that they really need. When you're creating your blog post or you're writing um, copy or Instagram captions or just anything in general, like even beyond Pinterest, I want you to have them in the back of your mind. What are they searching for? What did they need to hear when they were looking for meal prep ideas to take to the office or they were starting their yoga practice or they were thinking about starting a blog? Like what were some of the things that they were searching for? What did they What do they need to hear from you to really begin to learn to trust you as someone that they look to for answers in the particular, you know, niche that you're in? And it doesn't mean that you have all the answers. It just means that you are kind of asserting yourself as like, hey, if I don't have the answers, I will go out and I will find someone who does or I will figure out the answer for you. Um, I always think, you know, this is when imposter syndrome really creeps up is when people are like, I don't know who I'm pinning for. I don't know like what I can offer, what value I can give someone. And I think just the willingness to show up and to be of service is enough, is the help that you, that the person is looking for. I think we definitely undervalue ourselves in that situation. So really take a second when you're anytime you're writing a blog post that you're going to put on Pinterest, anytime you're creating a pin or a board, think about what your ideal customer or client or person <laughs> um, is is searching for. What do they need answers to? What do they need help with? And I think you'll find that content really becomes a lot easier to create when you're thinking with the same thoughts that they are, if that makes any sense. <laughs> anyway, that is all that I have for you guys today. It would mean so much to me if you shared this episode with a friend or someone you love who you think could really benefit from listening to this episode. And while you're at it, if you can hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're on and leave me a little review, that would mean so, so much to me. I would really, really appreciate it. And if you're not already, follow me on Instagram at livingbreely. If you need that Pinterest keyword PDF that I mentioned earlier, the link is going to be down below. You can just click drop your name and email in and I will send that out to you right away. And yeah, that's all I've got. If you've got any questions, you know where to find me. All right. Be kind, be well, be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye. One more thing. If you love this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Head over to my Instagram and tag me at livingbreely with you listening to this episode. I'd love to hear from you, see you, connect with you, and know which episodes and interviews you're finding valuable. For any courses, freebies, or blog posts mentioned in this episode,